0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast One Thirty Four. Paul Williams is with me to discuss who he is backing at the Scottish Open on the European Tour and the Sanderson Farms Championship on the PGA Tour. Good morning, Paul.
1: Good morning, Steve.
0: How are you? Oh, we're okay. A Bit grisly here, but we're, we're, we're in we're in uh, we're in autumn now, aren't we? That's that's where we're at. A bit
1: grizzly. It's going to be a bit grizzly for the next six months or so, Steve. I think.
0: It was a bit grisly trying to get some prices out of the bookmakers yesterday for the PGA Tour, but we won't go that far. Uh, This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamblerware. You can visit gamblerware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit Golf Betting System with betting previews, with tips, masses of tournament statistics and our predictor models all available completely free of charge. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are available on social media. You can follow Paul at Golf Betting. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. I actually uh, I welcomed six new members this morning to our Golf mm-hmm. Betting System Facebook group. So come along. Please uh, pl- look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where I present the Golf Batting Show every week. I've just released the show for the Sanderson Farms Championship. That's uh, thirty-five minutes of me rambling, but uh, well worth a listen. And take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. We received one last week. Again, I'm out there with the begging bowl. Well, not a begging bowl as such, but it's the least you can do. Send us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be fantastic, and it helps to distribute the podcast, get it to grow, and keeps all of the content free at Golf Betting System. Now, here's one for us, Paul. Okay. Title Weekly Must Listen Five Stars. It's from Phil Elf Twenty Three. He's in the United States of America. In fact, he's in St. Louis, Missouri. I can remember a BMW Championship in Missouri. Oh. oh no, no, no! Wasn't it the PGA Championship a couple of years ago? They played out there, didn't they, in uh, St. Louis? Yeah, yeah better, the one better one memory that, than me, Steve. The one that Brooks Kepka won, I think. The one where Tiger Woods pushed him all the way. I remember it um I look forward to listening to the course breakdown and you, gents your gents punts each week I like the length of each week's show as well because it's about how long it takes me to mow my lawn <laughs> <laughs> love the content chaps keep up the great work and differing sound advice oh, oh sorry and offering sound advice on all the pga and European tour events from Phil Rink. Well, thank you, Phil. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Phil. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your support. And um, he must have some, must have rather large lawn. It's all I
1: can say. Some grass that needs cutting there to take an hour and ten or so. We, we've had that and um, some people who, who have and take their dogs on uh, extended walks listening to our, uh, our weekly rambling, Steve. So clearly we're serving a purpose at some point down the line.
0: Where do you listen to podcasts?
1: Me, generally while I'm working. I, you know, when I used to go to the gym, and when the gyms were open and it they weren't. Wow. Quite so. Um, quite quite so fraught with danger in terms of catching COVID. A few um, months ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was a few months ago. Then I used to I used to jump on the treadmill and listen to a podcast mm. um, most mornings, which um, kind of passes the time. Well, not, not most most mornings when I went to the gym, as opposed to most mornings I was at the gym but uh, yeah that was kind of it helps to uh, ease the pain of the, uh, the treadmill I found
0: yeah so. that works yeah I, oft- I, I often listen to a podcast on my bike I must say I don't do it when I'm on the road because that'd be silly and you couldn't hear people as they're about to mow you down but if I'm like cycling off road in the woods you know along the river river paths and whatever I'll listen to a podcast yeah just to uh, just to fill that kind of space. Um, last week's action before we get onto this, um, what did we learn about uh, the European Tour last week? Did uh, did we learn that we've now got John Catlin who's going to be a a winning machine about to jump on the PGA Tour? Do you, do you think Catlin could compete in on the on the main tour?
1: Well, it's difficult to tell, really, isn't it? I mean, he's clearly. Found an ability to convert one way or another, um, whereas the people that he's been playing against in his last uh, last few events, I mean, two two wins in three, you shouldn't kind of poo it anyway. It's it's a um, fantastic achievement. He's you know multiple European Tour winner, and um, he's uh, you know that, that sits on his record. It, every week it seems that the European Tour throws up this kind of um, past the parcel of the. The, uh, the the lead when it gets to the business end of things, and um, you know someone's got to come out on top. And and Catelyn, to his credit, has managed to do that twice in these last three starts. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I I would have enjoyed the event a little bit more if uh, Lagergren had uh, managed to hang about every time he got close enough to the lead to really put a uh, an effort in and really give himself a chance of winning. But um, he uh, he managed to get us a place in the end of fifty to one, which you can't sniff at really. Only at the end of the day, if you were to get an each way place out of a fifty to one shot every single week, you'd be well one ahead by the end of the year. Um but um, you know, he got himself in a couple of good positions where he could really uh, really strike with a with a decent run, but it just wasn't the B really, was it? In the end, his greens letting down. Greens regulation, sixty-fourth he was for G.I.R. last week, fifty-one percent, which doesn't tend to work unless you're at. Must have had some
0: fan. kind of scrambling, game, he? Yeah,
1: yeah, his putting was good. Putting was exceptional generally. Um his, uh, his scrambling was good, but you know, unless you're at Valderrama, fifty-one percent is not going to work generally to to get you a, a title. So um, it needs to brush up on that a little bit, and then uh, perhaps another win. Will be coming his way. A few actually, one that did catch my eye last week was Scott Hend, and we've yeah. talked about Hend a number of times on the pod um, in the past. And he's one of these guys that does tend to pop up and has that ability to win. Um, it just tends to be quite random. So eleventh um, <coughs> last week, um, he's putting looked back on track last week as well. I tend to prefer him on Bermuda um, G- Bermuda grass green, so I expect Good luck to go with that this year. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's not to be a great deal of them on the, uh, on, the on the European tour. But <laughs> no. Perhaps he'll pop up somewhere else. Perhaps, you know, cause he does play some of the Asian tour events as well. Um, and he tends to be one of those players who comes, wins after a, a poor run rather than off the back of a result like that last week um, and tends to be a nice juicy price as well. So don't be surprised if you see Scott Hend win another golf tournament over the next two or three months. Um, I think that may well happen with a player
0: i mean we've spoken about Scott Hend for so many years we laugh at his statistics week in week in, out don't we but um, he's never going to he's never going to be popping in models is he um, scott hend but as we know with golf betting, you don't have to pop pop in models all the time um that's what people struggle to get their edge around but um hend doesn't You'd have thought with the power that he's got, he's a he's a big course bully. But it tends to be technical shorter courses where he pops up. And like yeah, you said, does. he does like Bermuda greens, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, it does. And um, like yeah, a little bit, a little bit of gra- if you get a grainier Poana or um, you know, some of the Ben Poa greens that's um, a little bit grainier, then sometimes he doesn't mind that. But yeah, generally, I'd prefer him on a Bermuda track. Um, and as you say, it doesn't have to be a seven thousand six hundred yard track for him to to produce the goods it's often a shorter one that he can uh, get um you know quite aggressive with aggressive on the par fives aggressive on the shorter par fours and uh, every now and then it just clicks for him and he has got that ability to win which clearly on the european tour particularly of late um it's been a bit of a struggle for some of these guys to actually find a way to convert at the business end unless your name is john catlin as you said at the top of this section what yeah. about over in the What about
0: over in the PGA? Oh, I'm just the... I'm just I'm just rolling with the punches. I, I keep <laughs> I keep getting leaders who yeah. can't convert. I mean, it's the same old story, isn't it? So, yeah, well, uh, what did we come. have? I'm trying to think. Safeway Open. We had the 36-hole leader in Sam Burns, and we had the guy that was in second, Harry Higgs. Neither one. Uh, U.S. Open, we had Patrick Reed, 36-hole leader, mm. collapsed on Saturday while I was enjoying a few pints. It was great to see him slashing it about and bogeying every hole. And then uh, last week, 54-hole leaders, so that's progress, <laughs> Adam goes. Long. But um, he just started throwing bogeys in as early as he could, so... That one uh, went south as well. He was three over in that field. I think everyone in the top forty was like under par. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: uh, frustrating when it works out like that, isn't it? Frustrating. Well, James. Yeah,
0: Lyon, but even... I, to be fair, I mean, this is this is the trouble. I mean, I was comparing um, this year and last year. You know, with the first few events of the what I I still classify it as the full series. Because, you know, effectively, these are smaller tournaments at the end of what used to be at the end. This was the race, wasn't it, in the old days where they used to desperately keep their card top 125? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly now we have a different kind of season and these are the opening events of a new season, which is all a bit American. It's all a bit complex and over the top for marketing purposes. But I was just comparing where we were this year on the PGA Tour to what we'd seen last year on the PGA Tour or last season. It is the year. It all gets very confusing. Last year we had Yoking Neiman won the first event at twenty-eight to one, and he was popping models. He was uh, in my eight-week track as he was fifth. The strokes gained total in the field that he won at the Greenbrier, twenty-eight to one. yep, yeah, you can see that. You know, it's a, that's a a very gettable winner. Week after that, Sebastian Munoz won the event we're going to talk about this week. At sixty-six to one, and you look at Munoz, he was in the tops, uh, top ten for strokes gained putting in my in my trackers. He's in the top nine for strokes gained total on my trackers. So again, kind of name that you'd picked out and said, "Well, he finished seventh last week, sixty-six to one. I'll have a bit of that Mm. Um, this year so far." We've had Stuart Sink at two hundred to one with absolutely no inbound form or stats of any nature, and then last week we had Hudson Swafford at two hundred to one. Just gonna get you know, not gonna get
1: no, it's a lucky dart if you manage to get to 200 to 1, it? get either of those guys. I saying, James Hahn, I got a little bit of each way action out of him. Last yeah,
0: week. Hahn's playing some good stuff. I don't really understand why he's not in the field this week. He, no. he must be t- he must have said, I'm you know, I don't want to play st- straight or but he's playing some nice g- stuff. Hahn, isn't he, he? he? Yeah,
1: long game looks really good. And, and oh, <laughs> mate, GIR
0: numbers are ex- a br- a brilliant.
1: A couple of back-to-back decent finishes as well, which isn't really his MO, so uh, interesting to see when he does come back to uh, competitive action as to, uh, as to how he picks it up. He's always one of those who tends to be um, a little bit longer in the betting than perhaps he should be, so uh, I'll be interested to see what price he pops up at next time out.
0: Across last year, this is just how I view it, across my eight-week trackers for strokes gained, um, if you looked at all the winners, uh, it, it worked out that 65% of players who won on the PGA Tour last season ranked in the top 25 of my strokes gain T to green tracker. Mm. So 6.5 out of 10. And if you look at the strokes gain total tracker, it's pretty much the same. It was 62%. So so effectively, 60 to 65% were either... In one or both. So far this year on the PGA Tour, I've got zero. That includes Bryson DeChambeau's win at the US Open. Yeah. So that's basically telling me that the winners at the moment on the PGA Tour, and we do have fits and starts, and you do get you know troughs and peaks. They're you know they're not statistically um, easily spotable winners right now. Because even, even Bryson DeChambeau, his build-up to his US Open win, he was all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, bang. Strokes gain approach first. Clearly, he was always driving the ball well off the tee because he just hits it so far. All of a sudden, the, the, the approach play was there and the putting was there, and he won. You, couldn't, you wouldn't have seen that in his three outings before he won the US Open. No, no, no. He's, all over he, the show.
1: He was, and it was enough to put everyone off backing him which, uh, well not everyone because clearly some people yeah here, so.
0: but there's volatility right pump. now mm. you might find it changes this week Um let's talk Scottish Open mm.
1: yes so um, Scottish Open our first Rolex series event since uh, lockdown eased actually only the second one of the season after the um, after Abu Dhabi which how many are there
0: up? going to be now Paul
1: There's only the BMW PGA Championship next week and then we've got the um, Dubai World Championship at the end of the season. There's still about four weeks of blank um, scheduling at the moment and the European Tour have been systematically filling up those um, weeks with um, events as and when they confirm them. So um, in recent weeks, we've seen a couple of uh, events in Cyprus be added to to the schedule towards the back end. So. It will be interesting to see if they do add something in the lead up to uh, to Dubai. Otherwise, there's going to be a bit of a gap, which would which be a bit odd. So I'd expect there to be something announced at some point relatively soon. But as it stands, yeah, there's this and then there's the BMW uh, PGA Championship next week, which actually got a decent field. You've got the likes of uh, Fleetwood, Hatton, Rose, Matt Fitz, Lowry, uh, Willit Westwood, Wallace, um, EVR playing next week, Grace, Clymer poll to McIntyre there's, there's a decent field coming to uh, Wentworth next week for the BMW PGA not quite as good this week um but uh, certainly a step up from what we've seen um in recent weeks on the European Tour I mean ordinarily this would be the uh, the final warm-up for the Open Championship the Scottish Open and you'd have a string of international um players here PGA Tour players um Americans and also returning European event uh, or European players as well coming to coming to get their games honed for the open. But clearly, we're further down the uh, the schedule this week or this year, further further into the year, and um, and we've got the likes of uh, Tommy Fleetwood as the favourite here this week, twelve um, ten to one. Matt Fitzpatrick twelve to one. Actually Lowry and Rose who mentioned are playing next week. Both of them were listed for this event, but both appear to have dropped so well they both did drop out the entry list over the weekend, which was a bit of a shame because that'd have added another dimension to the uh, to the event I think. So Fleetwood ten to one favourite, Fitzpatrick twelve to one, Thomas Peters twenty two, Martin Keimer, twenty two, but Wiesberger the defending champion twenty five to one. Rasmus Hogard, 28, as is Matt Wallace, as is Eric Van Royen. uh, Lee Westwood, Thomas Detry, 33-1, 35-1, bar those players have read through. So decent enough, certainly a step forward from what we've seen over recent weeks on the European Tour. And again, as I say, uh, another step up next week, um, assuming the entry list remains as it currently is for Wentworth. And with the Nations Club, um, again, same host course that we saw last year. So we have got some course cool stats to bear in mind with um, when you're looking through this week's stats. So just for last year in terms of actual course form. Um, and Clearly, you've got lots of Scottish Open form that sits prior to that on the uh, website as well. This track sits on Scotland's Gulf Coast. It's actually right between Muirfield and Archerfield Links. Um, and although it looks just like a Lynx, um, it's actually a custom-built track. It was opened in 2008. And again, the purists will argue that this is not a true Lynx course, And um, although it looks, for all intents and purposes, like a Lynx course. You've got the normal Lynxy features, gorse, bunkers, uh, deep rough. But as ever with these um, Lynxy-style tracks, it only tends to be as tough as the conditions are. Um, and last year, Bern Feesberger made a massive thirty birdies on his way to winning, and um, finally fending off. Do you remember the playoff with Benjamin Abair last year?
0: Uh, I can't remember it in detail. The only thing I do remember is it was just literally a pitch and putt. Well, <laughs> it was like, it, the scoring was just crazy.
1: I mean, Viesberger and Abair got to twenty-two under, and both of them putted really well, and then it got to the playoff, and um, it was you know like, do you want to win this title? No, do you want to win this title? And uh, eventually, after nabbing chances apiece, um, Viesberger managed to get over the line, but uh, it was uh, it was it was quite painful to watch towards the very end. But up to that point, as I say, had made thirty birdies, which um, I haven't gone through all of his record, but I'd be astounded if he's made as many birdies in a. 72-hole event prior to that in his career. Um, so it kind of sets the scene for the kind of track it is. Although on paper, I and mean, this year it's down as a past 71, 7,343 yards, which is up about 200 yards over last year. And it remains to be seen that that's listed as off-the-back T's and they've got flexibility with the T's here to move it up and down. So I expect you'll find it will actually play somewhere between that kind of 7-1 and 7-3 level um this year fescue greens um worth bearing in mind castle stewart which has hosted the um scottish open over a few years in recent times um they were fescue greens as was burkdale over in um in 2017 the spieth one for the open championship so yep. if you're looking for fescue form then take a look at those two tracks to uh, See if you can whittle down the shortlist a little bit. Um, Historically, um, these are Scottish Open. Results are clearly not all from this particular track. 2010 was Eduardo Molinari at 70 to 1. Luke Donald, 2011, 10 to 1. 2012 was Jeeve Milk Singer 100 to 1. 2013 was Lefty at 22. That was before he went on to win the Open the following week. 2014, Justin Rose at 14 to 1. Twenty fifteen, Ricky Fowler, twenty two to one. You remember he held off Raphael Jacqueline, who I'd backed that week at some obscene price, and um, Ricky came along and um and upset me with his victory at twenty two to one and um, which would have been a tasty return on Jack. Yeah, I take 12.
0: it he came from about seventeen shots off the lead to, to win that Ricky. As I think he, as he, from as he, as memory. Does.
1: Yeah, I think from memory he birded maybe three of the last four or something like that, and um Jack Lannett just couldn't quite keep up with him having played really well. I think I don't know, 175 to 1 rings a bell. Mm. It was I remember it being a, a tasty, tasty return, and it just didn't quite happen. Sadly, but it's, a, it's always a tale of woe, isn't it? The, yeah, cool yeah. <laughs> uh, 2016 was Alex Noran at 50 to 1. Same price for Rafa Cabrera Bayo the year after when he beat uh, Callum Shinkwin in that uh playoff. Brandon Stone is the big outlier in terms of price, four hundred to one in 2018. He had no incoming form whatsoever that year, and Bernd Wiesberger won here last year, forty to one on this very track, um twenty-two under as I said last year to make the playoff. And um, everybody was finding greens, as you said, it was a bit of a pitching part. Typically, 70 80 percent greens and regulation is absolute minimum you needed. In fact, you had to go all the way down to Kirk Kitsiama in 43rd place before you found the first player who was sub 70 percent greens in regulation. Everyone above that was 70 wow. or 80, so um, it was dead easy to find the fair. It just
0: played soft. I, I can remember they were yeah. just like the ball was literally just stopping on every green.
1: Yeah, 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 and they are just yeah, just lining up birdie opportunities all the time. And, and as I said earlier, thirty birdies, Facebook, and that's a, a big, big number. Mm. I'm not sure we're going to see the same kind of thing this year. And um, Thursday looks pretty good. And as I said, you, you're down to the, how the elements uh, treat this kind of track really. Thursday looks okay. Um, we're going to get a lot of rain coming through on Wednesday. It's going to be soft. Um, Thursday looks like it's an interlude in terms of the weather. It'll be fine it'll be quite cold it'll only be about 10 or 12 centigrade but it'll be fine it'll be um, sunny and it'll be soft so i expect scoring on thursday will be really quite low after that and it's still a bit uncertain but after that it looks like we've been in for quite a lot of wet and windy weather there's going to be a lot of um, low pressure systems blowing through the uk um from friday all the way through the weekend and i've, I've watched the forecast yesterday and again this morning and. When the weather forecasters can't quite work out how it's going to manifest itself over the weekend, you know it's going to be quite um, it's going to be quite fluid and quite uh, varied potentially. But I suspect it's going to be very wet. I suspect it's going to be really quite windy, and um, on a coastal track like that, that could spell uh, for some uh, for some really quite interesting golf, um, assuming they can carry on playing. And we'll see. We'll see how that manifests itself. But I suspect this is going to be quite tough and I can't imagine they're going to get 30 burlies out of their um, rounds this time around. And um, the only other thing to consider, I guess, is that this isn't an open warm up this year. And um, so you haven't got that dynamic in terms of some players who are trying to hone their game ready for the following week. And generally, with these um, Rolex Series events, and I've got a list of all of the Rolex Series events winners since it started on the, uh, on my preview. Generally, it's been the better quality players who've tended to prevail um, at Rolex Series events. So the, the list of names doesn't tend to um, look out of kilter, really, with these higher value and higher graded events on the European Tour. And overall, I've backed four players this week. Uh, I looked at Fleetwood, um, clearly the the, the bookie's favourite. He took a bit of a battering. with I know you were on him at uh, Wingfoot, Steve. He did take a bit of a battering with his long game um, yeah. at, at Wingfoot and uh, missed a cut. <laughs> If it is going to be tough condition, I'm not sure another tough event really is going to be um, right up his alley straight after that. And um, at ten to one, that's enough to put me off really. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, and um, he also missed a cut at the U.S. Open as well. Three cuts from well, three missed cuts from his last four events actually for Fitzpatrick. And he, I mean, again, we've talked about this. He does tend to be a relatively slow starter. And if he starts slow this Thursday, which is going to be the best scoring day by the looks of it, by potentially some stretch,
0: then right.
1: um, I don't think he's going to get anywhere near it. I mean, if he goes out and shoots something silly low on Thursday, then perhaps, but uh, that certainly hasn't been the way that he's been starting events in late. So the top two kind of puts me off that. And I, I've gone down a little bit further and I've settled on uh, Matt Wallace as my lead player this particular week. And, mm. um, you know, he's a player who did make the cut at Wingfoot and Wallace is that kind of player with that grinding mentality, that kind of focused approach, which I think may well be the order of the day um, this weekend. His long game looked really good at uh, Wingfoot, a lot of quality approach play, he was sick for greens and regulation there, which again isn't really his style, he's usually good from the T, he's usually very good on the greens, but when he marries that up with some uh, strong greens and regulation stats, then that's when you really need to take notes. Prior to that, he was fourth at the Memorial. I mean, you remember the Memorial. It was effectively a major quality field. So that was his bigger, big, biggest or best um, PGA Tour finish um, of his career to date in terms of a standard PGA Tour event. Um, and that result in itself is better than most here can claim from their recent um, forms and recent outings as well. So... Um, some decent incoming form. 14th here last year. He was first for strokes game putting on these fescue greens. So clearly got on well with these putting surfaces on his debut on this track. And uh, currently sits 50th, exactly 50th in the world rankings. And for someone like Wallace, he does keep an eye on that kind of stuff. Um, it's important to him. He needs to be in all these big events. He needs to have access to all the bigger events for the forthcoming year with Ryder Cup qualification, um, still very much on his mind. So um, I'm sure he's going to be very focused. I'm sure that he can build on his recent form and also his 14th place finish here last year. So I got him at 33-1 to 1 yesterday. Um, he's been backed a fair bit since that point. 28-1 still out there right now, but uh, I think that's mm-hmm. still a fair price against Wallace. He's
0: 15th for strokes gained approach at uh, winged foot
1: yeah yeah and yeah. I, I was really impressed with the bits we saw I was really impressed with his, yeah. um, with his iron play in particular at wingfoot mm. so um, that's, that's that's a good pointer for and him.
0: actually if you got into a winning position he's the kind of guy that actually wins yes yeah <laughs> he the he's got, he he's got the, uh, the bowls mental bowls to do he's uh,
1: he has got that ability to convert which um, you know, I don't want to keep labouring the same point, but um, they certainly don't see that much um, converting ability from uh, from the players on the European tour of late. So yeah, Wallace is in the team as is Yost Lowton, and there's another one who I'm, I've been impressed with with his iron play, and um, particularly last week in uh, Northern Ireland. I said actually I was a little surprised with his price, sixty six to one. Um, 11th last week and we know with yost when he finds something when he starts to get a little bit of momentum he can go you know improve improve he can win golf tournaments he's got six european tour events um to his name over the years and um he's been uh he's been quite positive about how he played last week and how his game's trending um his blog's always worth a read as well and um he's uh, he's talking about um some positivity with his long game and um I wouldn't be surprised to see him improve on last week's effort and, and make the paying places at least here this week at sixty-six to one. And again, he's another name who wouldn't look out of place on that Rolex Series list of winners. Um, it's uh, you know it, that seems the kind of level for him right now that he could aspire to before potentially pushing on to something bigger and better at further down the line, maybe. Um, of his six European tour wins, one of them was at the Leoness Open, which um, last year's winner here, Bernd Wiesberger, won the year before and um, He also beat Wiesberger at the Dutch, that Inland links course on the KLM Open um, a few years back too. His most recent win was the Oman Open, which is another... Um, coastal style test um, and for me he, he it, this is exactly the kind of test that he likes he he likes these um exposed tracks he like the, he likes these coastal and kind of faux links style uh, courses as well so he fits quite nicely in my view uh, miscut here last year when he was coming in, in poor form clearly better than that based on last week's effort but he has got a decent finish here he finished fourth in that uh, Ricky Fowler. Um, win back at Gullen in 2015 so he does have some Scottish open form to his name as does my next tip Brandon Stone 70 to 1 he won this event in 2018 at Gullen Um, and there's been plenty of examples of uh, multiple Rolex winners um, to date Uh, Alex Noren Fleetwood, John Rahm Uh, Hatton, Rose, Beesberger, Willett and most recently Lee Westwood have all won more than one Rolex series event. I guess once you've got one in the bag, um, the ability to convert the next one and the prize money that comes along with that uh, doesn't probably feel quite so uh, daunting, which certainly we saw over some of the uh, more recent uh, uh, Rolex series events, the the one that Hatton won back in the last year um, springs to mind, I must say. Um, he's come close since that win. Uh, second to Portugal last year, he lost a playoff to Sammy Valimaki in Oman. You remember? I, I backed him that week at eighty to one, and uh, he got all the way to the playoff, and then uh, just couldn't quite convert in Oman. But again, in terms of coastal style um, form, that looks good. And a little bit of solid form from uh, from Stone since the re- restart. Sixth at the English Championship, twenty seventh in Wales. 14th on his last start in Portugal and it's been his ball striking, ball striking, total driving which has been the real feature of his game over the last few weeks. Historically 10th for the Dunhill Links back in 2018, he was 34th here last year, um, 11th for the halfway point, shot a 64 in the second round to get himself in the mix and he topped total driving, he topped ball striking here last year so clearly got on with the track from tee to green, just needs a decent week on the greens stone, and he could go well. Finally, a uh, longest price this week, Matthew Southgate, um, one hundred and fifty to one. Yesterday, again, he's been nibbled in a little bit, but there's, uh, there's still some one twenty fives out there right now, and he loves a linksy coastal test, Matthew Southgate. Historically again looking back he won the St Andrews Trophy as an amateur back in 2010 and that was the first clue we got really that he likes this style of uh, golf. Second at the Scottish Hydro Challenge as a challenged tall rookie the following year uh, but more recently and more tangibly fourth at the 2016 Irish Open, second at Port Stewart in the Irish the year after, fifth at the Open to France which I tend to loosely categorise within the uh, the linksy style um courses when when looking through different results second at the dunhill links last year he should have won that could have won it should have won it and um, he was really quite prominent all the way through um then also we've got some more prominent open championship form 12th uh, 2016 at uh that was royal in 2016 6th in 2017 at burkdale so he for me simply loves this style of golf matthew southgate what we've seen with him, um, which is unusual for Southgate, is some uh, some consistent form as well. Eight cuts made from nine starts since the restart, um, since the post-Covid restart. Thirty-third last week in Northern Ireland, and that featured his best putting performance for almost a year. So there seems to be a few things percolating with Southgate, and um, potentially something that's going to come to a head on a track that suits him and the style of golf that suits him too. So. Quite happy to stick Southgate up as a, a long shot. 150 to 1. Brandon Stone at 70. Yost Lowton at 66. And Matt Wallace was top of the shop at 33. But as I say, he's been, been nibbled in a little bit to round about 28 to 1
0: now. I'm looking at Betfair Exchange. Southgate right now is 170. Stone is 120. Is he? Wow. Yoast is 80. Matt Wallace is 29. Those are your betfair exchange prices on pools for selections this that's big week. big That
1: that price on stone is
0: huge. One twenty.
1: Mm. Very
0: big. I'm Anyone just one, you know, I'm wondering who you've backed recently that's going to win this week. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, don't, don't it'll probably be Lagergren. And you know, I, I was tempted to go into Lagergren again, um, and the on the basis that they are more the easier greens to hit here. Yeah, bigger greens. There's the greens regulation is higher, and that was the thing that let him down last week. Yeah, and the rest of his game was pretty much there. He's driving well. Um, he's uh, his short game was good. He was putting was really really good. Um, and perhaps if you put him on a track that um gives him more chances, then then that'll actually appeal to him. And as I said last week in the pod and also in my preview, he's got some really strong form at the Dunnell Links as well. So. If there's going to be one that bites me on the backside this week, then Joachim it will be that player, I suspect.
0: Mm. I, thought you might, I thought you in. might double down on him, I must say. Yeah, I was,
1: I was close, I was close. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the, the forecast adds a, le- a level of um, complexity to this and uh, you know you could end up with something completely off the wall as well. So I've also not gone too mad with this. I think I did t- I 10 points in total, so there was no deviation from that. This week, because um, I think you may find um, something. If it does get particularly nasty, you can have a complete off-the-wall winner at the back end. But uh, if that's the case, then good luck finding that particular winner.
0: Sanderson Farms Championship is our fair on the PGA Tour. So, by my reckoning, this will be the it's all it's the fourth tournament that we've had on the PGA Tour so far in the new season mm. and it's a genuine full 500 point full field full dollar prize fund event I'm quite surprised actually I thought that it would get a slightly better field than it did that, that it has done because they're offering 6.6 6 million dollars as a prize yeah. fund
1: two year exemption I take it
0: Oh, yeah, 500 points, two-year exemption. It's a full field. Uh, It's a full-status event. Um, The field next week, the Shriners in Las Vegas, has got $7 million up for grabs, and that field is perennially stronger. And it is, again, next week, looking at DeChambeau. I don't know why Webb Simpson always goes to uh, Las Vegas. I don't really see the two computing there, Simpson and Las Vegas, in terms of... uh, Cities, but uh, Simpson's playing next week. You know Patrick Cantlay. We've got Scottie Scheffler's doubling up and playing there. We've got some uh, a really strong field next week. Louis Ustausen's scheduled to play, which he he pulled out of this week uh, last night. Colin Morikawa. You know we've got a very Hideki Matsuyama strong field next week, and Brooks Kepka returns so. Um it's gonna be uh, all hands to the pump next week on the PGA tour with a with a, a, a very elite field. And this week um we've got Scotty Scheffler, nine to one favourite. Uh, Sung J M at fourteens, and Will Zalatoris at, at best price of twenties, as short as fourteens. Um it it just Scheffler, Sheffler M, Zalatoris, Burns, munoz Adam Long. You know, this is basically a, it's a pumped up corn ferry event, isn't it? Doc Redman. Um, it, it's effectively a, a Corn Ferry field. Um, interestingly enough, you could see the field building for this, and uh, Harris English was scheduled to play. He's pulled out. Uh, and Jason Cocrag was scheduled to play, and he pulled out. So there, there have been... It could have been a far stronger field than it is. Louis Oosthausen clearly pulled out last night. Yeah, but, did we
1: find out why Louis pulled out? Is like, it just,
0: uh Knowing how Louis um, plays his golf and only turns up at majors and WGCs, I expect he just couldn't be bothered, Paul. Yeah,
1: quite possibly. We'll see if he plays <laughs> next week. <okay? laughs>
0: yeah, he's never won a PGA Tour event, has he? Apart from the Masters, which clearly isn't really a PGA Tour event; it's a major. He, no, Louis didn't win the Masters. Didn't he won the Open. Sorry, he's never. Is it right with Louis? He's never won on. He's never won in the United States.
1: Not that I recall. No. Yeah.
0: Sorry, so let's get let recap that before I get a load of abuse. Louis didn't win the Masters. Louis. No, won no, the he lost the playoff, track. didn't
1: he? He yeah. lost the playoff
0: to Bubba. He's he's lost in the Masters playoff. But he's never won an event in America and he was he's being chalked up at 14 to 1. That was one that I instantly put a pen through anyway. But what that did do, of course, um, him being pulled out of the field as second favourite shortened everyone up last night as well. Yeah. Um and when, when the bookmakers finally got their odds out about 5 o'clock yesterday in the UK, five, you know, 1700, um, very, very slack, um, They didn't, a lot of them didn't even include Will Zalatoris. Uh, yeah, who snuck
1: in from his top 10 the previous 10. week, didn't he? Well, he...
0: He has no real status. That that's the problem with Zalatoris. He's got no status as such. He has got some kind of status whereby he can play in alternate events. The problem with that would be that that's why he played in the Dominican Republic last week. There are and he's, he can also play Bermuda. Um it's it's all it's just all mucked up, really. But anyway, Zalatoris is um clearly going to be a star on the PGA tour. And he'll get some kind of special temporary membership, or he'll do enough to, to get onto the PGA tour roster, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Whether I'd back him at 14 to 1 to week this week, I, I it's difficult to know really. Um this tends to be a tournament where big prices win, and that's that's my starting point really for this week. Uh, Sebastian Munoz last year won at sixty six to one. Cameron Champ, the year before that one, at sixty-six to one. Ryan Armour at one hundred and twenty-five to one. And the last six consecutive winners of the Sanderson Farms Championship were all PGA Tour maidens. That goes back to Nick Taylor, four hundred to one in twenty fourteen. So two maidens have won every Sanderson Farms Championship played at the Country Club of Jackson, where we are this week. I thought that was worthy of note. Mm. Clearly, trends change. Um, and on that basis, a uh, uh, Will Zalatoris winning at 20 to 1. I thought when he first actually hit the boards, he was at 16 to 1. In the end, 20 to 1 felt kind of fair for a player that's just, was it, is it seven or eight consecutive top 10 finishes, including a US Open?
1: He yeah, he's it he looks like one of those players who's just consistently racking up those um, finishes, and if he if he consistently comes inside the top six or seven or eight, then you know there's an argument for putting him up at twenty to one and uh, you know, seven or eight places, and, and taking the each way money as as frequently as he keeps producing it. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, it, it's got to be an interesting one to watch, hasn't it? To see how he develops over the next few. Weeks because as you said, he's clearly got to try and find a way to get himself permanent uh, access to the uh, to the PGA Tour. Which, if he carries on playing the way he's playing, it's going to happen sooner rather than later.
0: He's got masses of game pull mm. but yeah. this this this. When I looked at him, this is what I saw. Um, the last four events. So I'm going Corn Ferry Tour Championship, Evans Scholar Invitational, US Open, Corales. He has started round three. uh sorry, started round four. On Sunday, in twentieth, nineteenth, seventeenth, and forty-fifth, he's then had, he's then finished nineteenth, second, sixth, and eighth. So basically, he fires in Sunday rounds.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So, given on that basis, you, if you in a similar kind of spot this week, going into the final round, he's probably going to be a longer price than 20 to one, anyway. Um, he he yeah.
0: feels to me an in-play bet. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I can see that.
0: And this is it. If he's four back. And let's be frank, he's likely to be because he's a really good player and this field is pretty poor. Mm. If he's four or five off the pace, I think I'll be backing him. <laughs> That's, yeah. Even if it's covering off of one of my bets. The other thing is, and it's early doors, isn't it? He's played 46 professional events. He's won one.
1: Yeah.
0: And we're not in. We're not playing DraftKings here, are we? We're trying to eat profit. But yes... Yeah. I, 20 to 1 seems a fair bet to me. And he's 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 top of pretty much all of my, bearing in mind it's a pretty damn small sample size. It's one US Open for strokes gain data and it's two events for the traditional accuracy, GIR, scrambling and putting average. He's close to the top of all of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's certainly something about him, isn't there?
0: The only thing is, this seems to me to be a putting contest. And let's go into some of the details. So, winning prices here actually averaged out over the last six renewals at 172 to 1. If you go back to 2010 and the full history, bear in mind this used to be played at Annandale and it's had various different spots in the schedule. 131 to 1. But the last three winners have been 125, 66, and 66. I think Munoz was gettable last year, uh, and I'm sure plenty did. He'd finished seventh at the Greenbrier the week before. He'd shot 66 in round three and 66 in round four to backdoor a top seven. He ranked third for strokes gained approach for the week and third for strokes gained tee to green. He was 8th for total driving and 7th for ball striking. 66-1. to one. Can't believe I didn't tip him up. Uh, the year before that, Cameron Champ. He came off only one PGA Tour start. Because he'd come off the Corn Ferry. At that start, he'd finished 25th. He finished with a round four, 68, which was third best in the field. So there's two winners there the last two years. All of whom shot fantastic final rounds before arriving here he ranked first for strokes going off the tee, there's a shocker eh Paul Cameron Champ first for strokes going off the tee, he was 15th for tee to green when he finished 25th at the Safeway Open so I kind of think straight away there, well we've got two winners who had ranked in at least one key category in the top three on their previous outing so that's an angle to look at He'd finished 18th for total driving and 13th for ball striking. So the last two winners were in the top 13 for ball striking on their previous outing. So that's kind of where I'm at. Course itself, we're talking about Country Club of Jackson. Uh, they've played this here since 2014 when Nick Taylor won at 400 to 1. It's a pretty nondescript track. It's down in um, uh, Madison, Mississippi, so deep south. We're we're talking deep South agronomy, yeah. We're talking Bermuda grass, six thousand two hundred square feet greens. Scoring here is perennially low unless the unless the wind gets up, which it isn't. It was the in the top fifteen easiest courses on the tour last year, and it won't be any different this year. Um, it's a seven thousand four hundred sixty-one yard par seventy-two four par fives, the traditional seventy-two setup. The par fives actually play fairly difficult around here. It's the par fours that are gettable. So someone with a decent par five record coming in, someone that really is scoring heavily on the par fives, it wouldn't be a bad angle. And Munoz had finished T2 for par five scoring the week before at Greenbrier. I can't say the same about Cameron Champ, though. So that might be an angle, someone that's really battering the par fives right now. Ultra dwarf champion Bermuda grass are the greens. Now you've been you you've dealt with these recently because you tipped up at the WGC event at St Jude, and they're that's exactly right. the same green type. Mm. Um, if you want other courses, Sedgefield, where they played the a Wyndham every single year, that's been champion Bermuda grass since 2012. Quail Hollow has been champion Bermuda Grass since the 2017 PGA Championship we also had a couple of Barbasol Championships which is an alternate event they played in 2015 through 2017 which again they used, they played in, in uh, that was played at uh, the uh, Robert Trent Jones Trail Grand National but that's another course down this way and TPC Southwind mean, also Trinity Forest where they played the 2018-2019 in that Inland Links in Dallas those are champion Bermuda grass greens as well, and you do see players that part very well on these these kind of. It was a bit like Pat Perez last week, he, the king of paspalum.
1: Yeah,
0: um, he still played well, you, with Perez, didn't he? Pardon?
1: He still played well, Perez, last week. It
0: was just yeah, yeah, Shame about true. the rest of his game. Just couldn't hit the couldn't hit any greens. Um, yes. but yes. He, You just do see players that clearly have links to these kind, this kind of agronomy. Weather forecast, 22 to 25 degrees Celsius. So not sweltering hot. I mean, last year they were playing in 30 and 33 degrees. High humidity. That isn't happening this year. Uh, what we are seeing this year as well, very, very calm conditions. I think it rained yesterday, Monday. It's been very, very wet in the build-up. I think the fairways are going to be soft. Going to be plenty of cutting them. Uh, and I think the greens are going to be receptive. And as we know, they'll just put the hoses on them anyway. And so I think it's going to be a very soft, very receptive golf course. And the scoring 20 is going to be 22. It's, I think the scoring is going to be lower this week than it was in Corrales last week. I can see 22, 24 under win, something like that. Now, that takes us to key skill sets that are required around here I'll start with strokes gained actually so i have take the last four winners Munoz Champ Ryan Armour Cody Gribble what did they do well and averaged them out off the tee strokes gained 14th approach 16th around the green 31st tee to green 8th putting 3rd so Gribble was first for strokes gained putting when he won Armour was second Champ was second Munoz last year was fifth. And if we look at traditional statistics, going back to Nick Taylor in 2014, includes Peter Malnati as well. Driving distance, 27th. I mean, Ryan. when you've got Ryan Armour winning in 2017 and Cameron Champ in 2018, that tells you that driving distance isn't that important because Ryan Armour is a 270-yard driver of the golf ball. Cameron Champ is a 340-yard driver of the golf ball.
1: Although it's very accurate, isn't he, Armour? Very,
0: very accurate. A bit of A a Cesarevi, and I did have a very close look at Cesarevi this week. Uh, Driving accuracy, 36th. Greens in red 10th. So you've got Rick Greens. And guess what? You've got Puttwell. Putting average, 4th. Across the last 1, 2, 3, 4, 6 winners. Nick Taylor was 6th for putts per G.I.R. Malnati 2nd. Cody Gribble 1st. Armour 2nd. Cameron Champ 1st. Munoz, the longest actually. 1.65 putts per green in reg 11th. So, someone's got to have a hot putter. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Scotty Scheffler can win this. Should win this probably. Um, he's been mixing it at the highest levels in majors um, he was mixing it at the Tour Championship last time we saw him he's a far far better player than pretty much the whole of this field um, 9 to 1 so I could argue when Bryson DeChambeau won at 9 to 1 a few months ago at the Rocket Mortgage you had a guy there in Bryson who was 9 to 1 playing outstanding golf just like Scotty Scheffler is but had already won four PGA Tour events yeah yeah Oh, sorry, I've got that wrong. It was five PGA Tour events before he won the Rocket Mortgage. Scotty Scheffler has won none.
1: No, no, it's, it, 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 it's Similar, a similar, similar, it. similar
0: quality of field because the Rocket Mortgage was garbage as well. So, but yes, Scheffler hasn't got over the line on the PGA Tour.
1: No, I and mean, you know you get these players who end up just being priced so prohibitively you can't reasonably back them and. Um if he wins he wins I guess when well I
0: mentioned is... I mentioned some of the names at the Shriners next week got, what price is Sheffler going to be in that he's going to yeah. be a lot bigger isn't he Yeah. yeah and yeah, actually yeah. we've seen the likes of Patrick Cantlay get his first tour victory in Las Vegas mm-hmm. so maybe Sheffler's one to monitor and actually jump on next week when you might be getting 16s 20s I don't know well, yeah, I mean, Bryson DeChambeau's playing for a start yeah. yeah
1: depends what he does this
0: week Sung Jim at 14s. He's won once on the PJ tour. He was clearly second here last year, lost in the playoff to Munoz, but again, yeah, 14 to 1. I can't I can't go there. We've already discussed Salatoris, would not be shocked. But on this angle of on this angle of a little bit bigger prices, um also on the angle of strokes gained in outings in the build up. The first one I had to plump for was Sam Burns, and Sam Burns is playing some outstanding golf right now. And he was, if I'm correct, he was was he twenty two to one last week best price at the yeah, course with right, Sam yeah.
1: Burns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's pushed out a little bit.
0: And actually, he didn't do a great deal wrong because he was right in contention, and then he had one of his kind of how can I put it politely. I think you're going to get this with young players. And and we've said all along, players develop in different ways and different speeds. Burns seems to be one of these guys that's got all the game, but is just kind of layering up the mental fortitude to win one. And he fired in a 77 last Saturday and collapsed down the field. And hey presto on the Sunday shoots a crazy low score again and grabbed a top 30 finish, top 25 finish. And that's actually helped us on the price this week because I got 33 to 1. The fact of the matter is with Burns, though, he was you know outstanding. We're, we're talking about top three, top five strokes gained skill sets. At that Safeway Open where we're on board, halfway leader, he was third for strokes gained off the tee and he was ninth for strokes gained tee to green. They're the kind of numbers you want to be seeing from a young maiden heading into an event like this that's yeah. kind of there for the taking, Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, also something like, about him, isn't it? Yeah, he's playing some great stuff, and we've said all along with Burns, he is such a Bermuda-biased player, it's frightening. Last week, he was second for total driving and second for ball striking, but only 40th putting. Fourth for greens in regulation, fourth for driving accuracy, and he banged it 305 yards off the tee. Seventh for driving distance. He's just driving the ball and his approach play is immaculate right now he just needs to feel some positivity on those greens and we just know with him he is so Bermuda grass positive on his putting it's unbelievable this is also a course that's fairly close to him I think he lives two two and a half hours away plays it fairly regularly and he was quoted because he finished third here um third here two years ago he just said I love this place ever since the PJ Tour switched it here you know i love coming here playing here and you know i just get on well with the golf course so it kind of just mar- it all marries up quite nicely on sandburns um and yes that third place finish he was second for tee- he was second for strokes game putting that week sorry he was second for strokes game tee to green the week he came third here and then last year he was in a bit. He he was just finding his feet again on the tour, going for a bit of a fallow patch. But he putted second for strokes. He was third for strokes, game putting here last year. So marry the two together, it'd be fantastic, wouldn't he? He wins by six. Would <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Sam Birds is leaning leading by eight shots going into Sunday morning?
1: <laughs> Given the recent weeks, Steve, I think you might need that to give yourself. And he and he'll, and he'll
0: probably win then in a playoff against <laughs> Will Zalatoris, who shot 60 yeah. on it's that It's going to be that kind of crazy tournament. Yeah. The other guy towards the top of the leaderboard, a maiden, again, that's progressing so well and is so logical and so obvious that he just had to go in, is Doc Redman. And Doc Redman, again, is playing some very, very good golf. Now, some of you... We'll Remember Doc Redmond and re- and remember how he hit the PJ Tour. He was the guy who had very limited uh, professional outings. A lot of them were on, uh, you know, he, he dallied with the Corn Fair, he did a bit in Canada on the Canadian Tour, and then turned up at the Rocket Mortgage Classic last June and finished second. And people were like, Ooda, Who is this Doc Redmond guy? Just from that appearance alone and the money he gained, he, he, ga- he gathered enough money. Uh, I think there was also a couple of um, smaller... He, he finished top 20 at Quail Hollow that year on a, on a sponsor's invite. He got enough money to get a um, a special membership. Great. Gets his card. Uh, then he plays his full first year last year. And didn't, uh, last season, didn't really do too much until... Since the resumption, 21st at Harbour Town, 11th at the Travellers, big tournaments, loaded tournaments, 21st at the Rocket Mortgage when he went back there a year later, and then in August it went up another gear, 29th at the PGA Championship. He then finished third the week after at the Wyndham Championship at Sedgefield Country Club on those champion Bermuda Grass Greens, where he ranked first for stroke first for strokes gained off the tee and first for strokes gained tee to green. Missed the cut of the Northern Trust, very you know, excusable. At TPC Boston, big, huge event. Had been playing week after week after week. And then Safeway Open last, time out, finished third. He was 15th for strokes going off the tee, 1st first, first for strokes gain approach, 7th for strokes gain tee to green. And, you know, we were talking about Munoz, we were talking about Champ, we're talking about a round four performance on the previous outing. Well, he shot a, uh, was it a 62? 10 under par 62 to backdoor that top three finish at the safeway. So he's got confidence. He's got momentum. He's got the teeter green game. Seems to putt well on these ch- champion Bermuda grass putting surfaces. Um, he's played here before. I think it was in his fiftieth spot on a sponsors exemption way you know, a long time ago. The other thing with got Redmond is U.S. amateur winner. And you actually look at U.S. amateur winners since 2009. It's not a bad list. It really isn't a bad list at all. Benny Ann, nice, Bryson DeChambeau. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, mm. and this Great this company. Redmond guy, you know, he's already finished second and third in two in three PG two events already, so I think he can mix it. So those are my first uh, first two. I also thought when the first prices came out, I saw fifty to one on Benny Ant. And I started writing the tip there, and I was off on the keyboard. 51, Benny Ann, got to get that, get it. Within two minutes, that had been slashed. <laughs> slashed. He played well
1: last year. He, he was good here last year, wasn't he? Was he th- well, was he Benny Ann,
0: again, a tour maiden. We know that he's won the, the biggest tournament on the European Tour at Wentworth. He, he can win big tournaments, they just don't come that frequently. But champion Bermuda grass, if you remember a few months ago, he was second, I think, going into the final round at the WGC at Southwind. A couple of weeks, a uh, uh, year before last, was it? He was in that head-to-head with JT Poston to win at the Windham on those champion Bermuda grass greens at, at Sedgefield, and he was second here. He was third here last year.
1: He's been working with Brad Faxon, hasn't he? So Absolutely. you'd expect at some point that to filter through and you see some, you know, stark improvement with his putting performances. Which uh, we've not quite seen it yet, but I think that is in the post at some point. So,
0: it's coming, um, isn't it?
1: Uh, you'd have thought so.
0: And I just checked his record on the official world golf rankings. You just look at all of the places where he's gone. I mean, he won the he won at Wentworth at twenty one under par. It's always at Birdie Fest, Anne turns up. He was 12th. I don't know why I'm going into all this detail when I haven't even tipped him, but it was purely a price play I didn't tip him. Um, He was 6th for strokes gained approach at the BMW, and he finished, I think it was he finished something like 66-66 at that BMW to finish 12th. He actually um, played better when, surprise, surprise, they started watering the greens. So I would not be surprised to see Benny Ann in the mix this week, but I haven't tipped him up. I've gone for another Korean, and I couldn't resist him, Siwoo Kim. Now I think Barry's on Seewoo si Kim as well, isn't he? Yeah, this he week? is. Yeah. yeah. I know that you're going to recap towards him, what who Barry's backing. Siwoo Kim, I've got fifty-five to one, eight place each way with Paddy Power. And this guy, he's like he's like Sam Burns, but clearly he's been around for a lot longer. And he's just an absolute beast on Bermuda grass greens. I never back him on anything else bar Bermuda grass. 2016 Wyndham Championship winner. Guess where? Sedgefield Country Club champion Bermuda grass greens. 2017 Players Championship winner. Huge tournament. Five year PGA Tour exemption. But you just look. He's also had a third this year. And a fifth last year at the Wyndham Championship on those champion Bermuda grass greens. Um... He had that third place at the RBC Heritage when you and Barry were on him at a ridiculous price and he, he choked at the end. But he's just playing some nice stuff at the moment. Um, he also finished second at the Barbasol Championship at that Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail 2016 on those Champion Bermuda Grass Greens. Sorry, I keep saying. It. But he just loves this ultra-dwarf agronomy. And, yeah, US Open, he was tripe. Um He was the 20-1 to favourite at the Safeway Open, which we can all get our heads around, but that showed you how well he'd been playing. And actually, he got into the last couple of groups on the Saturday, uh, and he did a kind of Sam Burns, and just a huge, um, just a terrible round on the Saturday, and then bounced back again on the Sunday with a very nice round to get a half reasonable finish at, But he is playing some really nice golf. And across my eight-week trackers, he ranks in the top 10 for both tee to green and strokes gained total. So, yes, you look at his strokes gain stats. The last two outings have been pretty poor. But then you think, well, he's just about to hit a course and greens and agronomy that he absolutely adores. And he's outside the world top 100, could do with a big win... Opens a lot of doors. Uh, opens a um, a Masters invitation in 2021. I could see Siwoo Kim being in the mix. And finally, 66-1. to 1. Seems a sweet spot here, doesn't it, 66-is? Um, I've gone for Cam Davis, who I just wish with Cam Davis, he had the belief in himself to realise he's a really good player. 12th at the 3M Open, 32nd at the Barracuda, 15th at the Wyndham Championship. He then I tipped him up a few weeks ago at the Safeway. Didn't do a great deal, but again, when the pressure was off on the Saturday, fired in a very low round. Um, He just seems to be the sort that needs to just. He shot a 67 in in on the Sunday, uh, the sixth best round of the day. You just get the feeling with when it clicks with him. Bear in mind, this was a guy that at the Northern Trust in a major strength field a few outings ago. Was in second, T second position behind Dustin Johnson and Scotty Scheffler. And then he realised where he was and went into a deep <laughs> retreat. Reverse. But that's the kind of player we've got here, the kind of ability that this guy has got. He's long, he's straight, he, he can basically do whatever he wants to do and needs to do. It's just the mental side. Now, and we've seen that in the past, all of a sudden it just clicks somewhere. It might click this week in a very, very weak corn fairy type field that this guy will be used to. So I just know how this game works. And you've been talking about Lagren. It would not surprise me at all to be looking at my phone, say Sunday, Saturday morning. And I'll turn around and say to the wife, I can't believe I put, didn't put Cameron Davis up this week. He's leading. I put him up. She'll go. Yeah, you put him up last time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. She said, oh, "I've heard this story before, Steve." <laughs> yeah. It's just that sometimes you can be patient with players, haven't you, Paul? Yeah. yeah. You and me tell it. We tell each other this all the time. Got to be patient with players and just have a bit more of a medium term outlook on him. Yeah. I think Davis is the sort yeah. that's got the game to win around a round, to win a PGA tour. He just needs to believe in himself.
1: It's, sometimes it doesn't it, you know it doesn't necessarily happen the week that you fancy him most but uh, it's still if he's still playing some good stuff and um, it's, it seems to fit the following week or a couple of weeks later then then yeah yeah stick with him
0: Now i got him at 66s I'm seeing Denny McCarthy at 66s yeah Denny McCarthy he pops in models but he just doesn't seem to have to get the victory. And I'm seeing him with Patrick Rogers at sixty-six to one. Well, Patrick Rogers was on an absolute tear at the Corales, wasn't he on Friday? And then all of a sudden, he realises in the win, and he and he beats a retreat. Just, they just haven't got the fortitude. I think Davis could potentially, and they've got scar tissue, the likes of Rogers and McCarthy. Davis hasn't got that scar tissue. He's just getting to that level where he's just about to hit the ceiling of being on Sunday in contention on PGA Tour events. And you might find he gets them gets the job done. So Davis, Kim, Siwoo Variety. I've got Sam Burns and I've got Doc Redman. Who's um, who's Barry backing? Because I know he's let you know.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, Barry's got two. Um, Siwoo Kim is one of them. And the other one he's backed is MJ Dafu, who was yeah. the one of Monday the four qualifiers. Monday qualifiers. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, two hundred of one Barry's got on him. Uh, see, so Fancy's a bit of uh, momentum to come through for Dafu this week. So we'll see how those two fail. Clearly you're on Siwoo as well, so uh, you'll both be what could go wrong for him.
0: <laughs> you know with Siwoo, within six holes, he's either two over or he's actually Fancy in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And I'll back two myself. I've backed uh, Paton Kizaya at 175-1. to one. Who's um, I I think he's shown some little snippets here and there. He was sick for the travellers. Yeah. Um he was top twenty after two rounds at the Wyndham, and you've talked about the Wyndham quite a bit and in terms of his uh, in terms of the correlation there. In fact, he he was um, he was even better last year at the Wyndham. Where was he? I've got it written down somewhere. He was third after uh, 36 holes at the Wyndham last year. Um 65, 64, he shot open there. Um he shot 67 in round two last week, which is one of the better rounds of the day. He was fourth here in 2015. We led him to Sunday. He's also got a tenth here back in 2017. He's a winner on Bermuda. Um, he putted far better last week. He's won in this kind of full series segment of the, uh, the, the PGA Tour in the past. 175-1, um, to one, I thought was worth taking on in this. And, and it is a relatively weak field. I, I thought he's, he's got a better chance than that.
0: He's a birdie festival merchant, isn't he, Kazar? Yeah. Absolutely yeah. loves it.
1: He does like a birdie or two. So, uh, he's yeah, coming.
0: I mean, he's turning his game. I think yeah. he's realised that those... Because um, those, he, he basically hit the jackpot, didn't he? I think, didn't he win either side of the new year and basically right. got yeah. himself a three-year exemption?
1: Yeah, it the OHL Classic, didn't he, And then the... Sony, Sony Open. Open? Yeah, it was the Sony Open.
0: And I think rather than build on that and drive himself, he was the kind of guy that... Maybe spent a bit too much time by the the pool he built himself in that nice house (laughs) and didn't push on. But you can just see that he's realising he's got to actually get back to the pattern Kazai we've seen in the past. So, yeah, I can see Kazai, yeah.
1: So, Kazai, the other one I backed is Brian Brian Stewart at uh, 90 to 1. He was third at the Safeway, uh, legging to Sunday. 33rd last week, opened with 67. So, again, that was a. a decent enough effort he's much improved on his uh, debut performance at the karate's actually which he missed the cut on so that's a big step forward fourth here in 2017 28th last year um and uh, there's you know not, not much form around last year when he got that 28th so he was uh, he, he was doing that from nothing really and um, uh, bermuda winner as well it's uh, there's quite a lot that correlates quite nicely for Brian Stewart for me. Um, he was high up on your predictor as well, ninety to one. I thought, well, yeah, I'll give him a
0: give him a go there. Yeah, you know, I did Stewart. mention the predictor actually. Yes. Yeah, rem- Remiss me. Um, Zalatoris and Burns top two, Kelly Craft at three. Mm. I, I did high up yeah, on so... a, a lot of pattern stats. Perez four, Harmon five. Where you get Harmon, you get Brian Stewart sixth. Chesson Hadley, Scotty Scheffler at eight, Charlie Hoffman and Johnny, our old friend Johnny Vegas. He's not doing a great deal recently, is he, old Johnny? No,
1: but he does. He likes another low, low scorer. Doesn't yep,
0: he? he certainly does. Yeah, I can see Brian Stewart. He, he, he again, he's another Paspalum, and he, he, he tends to, pre- prepare, uh, to perform better. I mean, he's a Florida resident. He, te- he tends to perform better on Bermuda grass agronomy, and he doesn't mind mixing it, does he, Brian Stewart? And I said to you the other week, he's the kind of player that when he's got these hot form at this kind of year, he's the kind of old pro that knows all he needs is a couple of top fives, and that card is locked up for the rest of the year. Pressure is off. Yeah. Well,
1: say so you've got third at the Safeway, so he only needs one more or so. And as yeah, saying, it's, it's locked, isn't it? It's feet up
0: time. Feet up. We can relax when the tour gets to bigger fields and, and, and courses he can't compete on. Um, In terms of my tips, Burns is at 30 on the exchange, Redmond is 38, Siwoo Kim is at 55, and Cameron Davis is at 55. So clearly people are are slightly into Cameron Davis on the Betfair exchange. Um, So yeah, 30, 38, 55 and 55. I think that's us, Paul.
1: Indeed. Big week next week. Wentworth, and uh, as you say, the,
0: the bigger, track, big, bigger event over on the uh, PGA Tour, which you, you have to remind me what it was. The Shriners. The Shriners Bank. That's right, Yeah, last one. Oh, uh, not Spank. Shri- it's actually a children's Shriners hospital. hospital yeah, Shriners Hospital for Children. It's the one where old uh, Timbersnake used to turn yeah, up and yeah. get, himself, get himself involved.
1: The, the JT Shriners
0: well you've me. got this because the Asian swing's gone you've got Shriners next week in Las Vegas you've then got the CJ Cup that they're playing in Las Vegas that's the one uh, I think uh, no it's you then got the Zozo at Sherwood in California that's the one that Tiger Woods is going to play because clearly he always used to play Sherwood for his Chevron challenge that he used to win each and every year and you know earn himself three million dollars out of it yeah, so you've got three great events, really. Shriners, CJ Cup in Las Vegas, and uh, Zozo in uh, Sherwood Country Club in California. Three three big events on the PGA Tour. And it'd be good to see a strong field at Wentworth next week as well, even though, very disappointingly, of course, we cannot attend.
1: Indeed. Indeed. But yes, good to see it on the TV, definitely.
0: Best of luck, Paul. Let's hope we can A2. actually hit the back of the net rather than the crossbar on the post.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. Best of luck to you and to everyone else.
0: Best of luck to listeners, and uh, we'll be back next week for the Golf Betting System podcast. Of course, as I always say, if you can spare 30 seconds, please leave us a five-star review. See you again next week. Goodbye.